up front as we sing today. We'll worship the Lord together. Let's sing. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. I tried with all my might. But I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond. Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. He told me that I am not alone. I sing together. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master. I think the savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in wind. So long to my old friends, burden and bitterness, you keep on moving, now I ain't welcome here, from now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul, this wayward son has found his way back home, me up, turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because he healed my heart, changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. Cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness, you keep on moving. Now I ain't welcome here. Till I walk the streets of gold I'll sing of how you saved my soul This wayward son has found his way back home He picked me up, turned me around Placed my feet on solid ground I think the master, I think the savior Because he healed my heart and changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. Let's declare this together. Yeah, I lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell yeah, lost another one. I am free. 
I am free. I am sing that out. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I sing that out. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. Oh, I am free. He picked me up. He turned me around. Place my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because he healed my heart. Changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Let's declare one more time that we're free. Hell, I'm never one. I am free. I am free, I am free. Hell, I swear the I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell, I swear the I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell, I swear the I am free, I am free. Oh, I am free. He picked me up, he turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because He healed my heart. Changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because He healed my heart. Changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because he healed my heart, changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Let's just raise our hands and sing that one last time. Because he picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. I thank God. Yes, Lord, you work in our lives every day. Every day you show us miracles and signs and wonders. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've lived stories that have proved 
You're the wonder-working God. 
Amen. Well, give him glory this morning. Give him praise. Don't take it ever for granted. Has Jesus saved you? Has he delivered you? Has he blessed you financially? Has he restored your family? Amen. Well, let's just give him praise this morning. Thank you. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Woo! What a day. Amen. Hallelujah. I sure do love you all. You're awesome. Amen. Well, we want to invite you to this very historical day in the life of High Desert Word Center. And uh, although Pastors Dave and Katie have operated in the position of senior pastor for like the last three years, um, the Holy Ghost said it's time that we do this in the spiritual realm. So that's what we're going to do today. This is called a transition service. We're transitioning the senior pastor position from Pastor Samples and I to Pastor David and Pastor Katie. Pastor and I are going up to oversight pastors. So that we're not going anywhere, okay? We're still here, and, uh, you know, we'll still jerk a knot in your chain if you need it, and we'll still love on you and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, we're going to show you a couple of videos, okay? So if you guys would... Let those things roll and hit the lights a minute. That'd be great. friends in Barstow, especially Pastor David and Katie, this is a very special day for you. Uh, when I heard from Pastor Bernie and Janice what was happening on this particular Sunday, my heart was just glad uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm thankful for the great foundation uh, that Pastor Bernie and Janice have laid over the years and, and for their continuing influence. But we, I, Lisa and I are just so thankful for the way that you guys have stepped up and uh, just done such a great job and continue to do that. Uh, you're continuing the legacy that has been established there of preaching the Word of God, unashamedly preaching the Gospel, and allowing the Holy Spirit to change and transform people's lives. 
So Pastor David and Katie, we know you're going to do a phenomenal job, continue doing a phenomenal job, and we love you and appreciate you so much. God bless you on this really special day. Hi, a warm greetings to everybody at iDesert Word Center and, of course, to Pastor David and Katie. What a joy and a blessing to be able to celebrate with you today such a momentous occasion. Uh, you've raised your children. You've helped out in the house of God for so long, and now you've been entrusted with the church and all that comes in helping God raise his people. We pray for you and believe with you um, as you go forward from here. Hey, um, Pastor Dave, Sister Katie, and all of our friends there at the church, we're just rejoicing with Amen. you. You know, I know you know Pastor Dave, senior pastor now, Dave. Uh, this didn't happen overnight. No. This has been coming for a long time, mm -hmm. and we're just rejoicing with you. We're yeah. so proud, you know, if I can say it that way. We're so happy for both of you. Um, I just wanted to share a verse with you real quick, not to be a prophet or anything, but something that's been burning on my heart. In Exodus 25:40, God tells Moses, who's really the first pastor of the tabernacle, what we now call the church building, he said, make sure you build it according to the pattern I showed you on the mountain. Same thing repeats again in 2630. Build it according to what I showed you. You know, Pastor, I believe, Sister Katie, that over the years, God has shown you what he wants in this church. Mm -hmm. Not so much the bricks and the mortar and the building and the seats and whatnot, but about the faith level, about the prayer level, about the move of the great Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in that church, deliverance services. I believe that as time has gone on, just like God put it in, in Pastor Bernie, and, and Sister Janice, as they pastored that great church and built there, uh, God put in their heart a picture of what he wanted that church to be, spiritually speaking. Yeah. Now that is in you, and you're going to build, and you're going to build people, and you're going to build believers. Amen. And you're going to build a great team there. Amen. And they're going to reach out. They won't be confined. I, I don't believe this is going to be just in the city you're in. I believe over the course of time. You'll reach out, I don't know, other cities, maybe missions and other other countries. Mm -hmm. But I believe God is going to use you to reach over the wall, as the Old Testament says, and to touch other places mm -hmm. and to bless other people. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for never quitting. It would have been so easy in yeah. the day to just say, you know, where's God? Yeah. We're done. Yeah. And yet God is going to use all of that now as a great testimony and a, and a great encouragement to other people. And we thank God for you, Pastor Dave and Sister Katie. You're going to be great pastors. You're going to help a lot of people. And I think you're just going to constantly walk encouraging people saying, you don't know hard. Mm -hmm. We can tell you about mm -hmm. our heart. Amen. <laughs> and if you'll listen to us, you can get a, we can get you through this. Amen. We yeah, call you good. blessed. Congratulations on be being done. the pastors. We love everybody there. And thanks for being our friends. God bless you. Have a great celebration, everybody. Amen. Again, Ray and Janine Bench here at Many Waters International. Hi, we are Pastor Zane and Rachel Botham of Spirit of Life Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, home of the Colts. And this is actually where Pastor Dave and his family had been going to church before they went to Barstow. And we want to say congratulations to Pastors Dave and Katie for carrying on the legacy at High Desert Word Church. And we know that you'll do a great job and continue preaching the word to the people of Barstow. So congratulations. Amen. Congratulations. Hi, Pastor Dan and Jessica Roth here at the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. And we wanted to say congratulations. Yay! 
David and Katie, you guys are so wonderful, and we know that you guys are the yeah. right people for the job. God's going to do amazing things in you and in the High Desert Word Center. We're so excited for what God has in your future. We love you guys. We love you. New wineskin, new adventures, and we're just praying for you and your beautiful church, and we just know that God has amazing things ahead. We love you guys so much. Give them heaven. Tell someone about Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All righty. Okay, so um, Pastor Dave and Katie talked about how, how Barstow is celebrating the 75th year uh, as a city. And I told you the other day that, that High Desert Word Center is 51 years old. So it's been, we've been here a long time. And we've had a great influence on this city, although we're, out, we're not even in the city limits. But in this city and in this region as a whole. And this is so cool to hear about the uh, inland ports because, you know, when, when they say, well, we're going to hire 50 new jobs, I think about when Jesus fed the 5,000, it says men. Didn't mention their wives. There you go. There's another 5,000. That's 10,000. How many kids did they have in those days? 10, 11? You know? So it's just, you know, hey, we're fixing for some growth around here. You know what I'm saying? So be ready, all right? It's going to be good stuff. For those of you who don't know, you, you, most of you here are new. You don't have a clue about Pastor and I, how we came here, why we came here, what the church was like when we came here, because you've come later, and you've been able just to see, oh, this is nice. Everything's established. Everything's in order, and it must have always been this way. Well, no, it wasn't always this way. Amen. So uh, just want you to know, Pastor and I, some background about us. We have the same credentials. We're, we're both licensed and ordained with Dr. Mark D. Barclay, preacher of righteousness out of uh, Midland, Michigan. So we have the same credentials, okay? A little bit about us. Um, in Indiana, where we raised all our, our youngins, <laughs> who aren't so young now, hallelujah. Anyway, they're getting up there. But in Indiana, we had pastored two churches. We pastored Joy Living Christian Center in 1992, and we pastored, uh, we pioneered, well, we didn't just pastor, we pioneered Joy Living Christian Center in 1992, and we uh, pioneered Faith Victory Family Church in 2002. Now, we were not a church plant. Nobody sent us with a bunch of money. Nobody sent us with a bunch of people. I had determined in my heart that this man right here had a call in his life, and I was going to make sure that he, he, he fulfilled that call. So I said to him one day, I mean, I prayed in tongues forever, you know, it was like just, you know, how many of you start praying in tongues and you just can't shut up and it goes on for days and weeks and months and you're just still praying in tongues? Well, you're praying out something, so don't stop. You're praying something out. God's trying to establish something, so just keep praying in tongues. So I said to him one day, I said, if I make up some flyers and pass them out. And if I rent a place, will you preach? And he said, yes, but I'll only do it one time. If there's, only if there's no people there and no money comes in, I'll never do it again. So we had our money, and I went to the YMCA, had a YMCA in town, and I rented two rooms. There were classrooms. They were full of stuff, you know, one nice room. You remember that? <laughs> And I rented two rooms, one for somebody to come watch the children. So 
we showed up there not knowing a soul, not being sponsored by anybody but the Almighty God, and 30-some-odd people were there that day, and $600 came in the offering. So we never had to pay for the, for the room again. We were there for three and a half months. We outgrew the Y, and then we rented a building in downtown Martinsville. It's like, it was like a shotgun. It was real skinny and long. It just kind of went, you know, that away. And then we bought a church building and on and on. So anyway, we have a pioneering spirit in us. Hallelujah. Okay, so, but after a while in Indiana, the brook was kind of drying up. And so we didn't, we didn't quite know what was going on in the spirit realm. So we called our pastor, Dr. Barkley, and we said, we need to, we need to talk to you. And so he, we, were in Indiana, we were in Indiana. He was, uh, he was from Michigan. He was in, in Cincinnati pastoring two churches at the same time. So he said, I'll meet you in Cincinnati for lunch. So we went down there, and we told him what was going on in Indiana. And he looked at us, and he said, God's not done with you yet. He's just done with you in Indiana. Go pray about where the Lord wants you to go. And, boy, that was just like freedom ringing. Oh, boy, oh, boy. It, we got to go, you know. So uh, they, those, those were our freedom tickets. Man, we were thrilled as we could be. So we went back to the church building we were living in, and I began to pack. Had no idea where we were going. Had no idea how long it was going to take, but I knew we were going. We were still pastoring this, this church that we were at. And we told the people, you know, we're going to be leaving. And uh, well, some of them said, well, we're we, we put some of them in different churches, and some of them just wanted to stay with us until we left. And it was, uh, you know, you love people, you know what I mean? And even when you leave people, like this has been almost, you know, 17 years ago, and your heart still misses them. Whew. So anyway, um, it was about a month's time, and this, had, this was an AFCM church back in the day, and Association of Faith Churches and Ministers, and those are the people that, like, Liz and Dana Nile are with, and the Thiesings and stuff like that. We were AFCM pastors at the time. And we got a call from a regional director, and they said, there's a church in California that needs a pastor. And we just right in our, immediately in our hearts, we knew we're going to, we're going to California. But we had been looking at churches in Texas. Texas is a great place, man. Texas is cool. We looked at churches in Florida. We church looked at churches in Idaho. But we knew before we even set foot inside this building that we were coming here. And so um, we were hired in July of 2005. So High Desert Word Center, as you know it, began to be formed. What you see now began to be formed. There were three pastors before us. This church was formed in 1971. There were three pastors before us. Pastor Samples and I are the fifth pastor, uh, fourth pastors. Pastors David and Katie are the fifth pastors. And so if you want to think about it this way, Pastor and I are the founders of High Desert Word Center as you see it today, not as it was formed back in the day. Um, we brought the vision that has always been in our hearts in Indiana, the vision that we had, our, our mission statement was that we are a family church. And our thing used to say, equipping the saints for victorious Christian living. But the Catholic people couldn't understand, why are you praying? Why are you equipping the saints? They're dead. You know, they didn't. We're all saints nowadays, but the Catholic people, you know, they didn't understand that. So when we came out here, 
same things in our heart. We are a family church, and we're equipping God's people for victorious Christian living, and that's what we do, and that's what they're going to do too. And I just want to uh, brag on Pastor Samples for a minute. You know, he's an awesome anointed teacher of the Word of God in a simple, plain way that helps people to grasp onto it, to get it into their hearts so, so it can't be stolen and they can live a victorious Christian life. As a Christian, there's no reason for a Christian to be a failure because Jesus paid a complete and total price for us to have victory. Amen? And so many denominations, you see the people are just defeated. They're sick, they're tired, they're poor, they're whatever, but that's not God's will. And so that's why we are so adamant here about teaching you the Word of God because we want you to grab a hold of it and we want you to have a victorious Christian life and not live in defeat, despair, despondency, and depression. Okay? So how many of you here have gone from all that junk to victory in your lives? Amen. Amen. It's because of the Word of God. It's because of the Word of God. He's full of wisdom. He knows the Bible backward and forward. And more importantly, he walks in it. What you see is what you get. There's not two, there's not two pastor samples. There's not two Bernie samples. He's the same, you know, all the time. He's stable, consistent. He's honest. He's full of integrity. And he's sold out to Jesus 100%. And so am I. Okay, so back in Indiana, in the meantime, we're still in Indiana, okay? We're going to back up a bit. Pastor's parents, both of them were in a nursing home. His mother had Alzheimer's, and his father was in a nursing home with her. Our teen children, Ann and Joe, uh, didn't want to move to California. Um, so we left Annie, 17, with Josh. Is there a picture of that up there? Not yet. Huh? Go to the next picture. I was supposed to tell you. Go to the next picture, whoever's doing pictures. Ah, oh, there he is. Isn't he adorable? And there's Annie. She was 17 years old. Josh was 22. Josh worked at the bank, and he had his—he had just purchased his own house, so he had his own home. So he took Annie, and he and he took care of her. Okay. <laughs> so Joe rode with us out here in the truck with the promise that we would fly him back to Indiana. You can do the next picture. He was 15 years old, and. Um, we knew, you know, for, for those of you that know Joe, Joe is, uh, I don't, there's, no, there's only one Joe in the whole wide world, so how do you describe Joe? So we knew in our hearts that if we did not fly Joe back to Indiana like we had promised, that he would walk back to Indiana. He would hitchhike home, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would definitely do that. And so for us to, for us to, you know, want him to be safe, we flew him back to Indiana, and he lived with the family across the street from our house where he was friends with a couple of buddies, and so he, he stayed there. So anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. So David and Katie were headed to Ramah. Josh had bought his house. Annie was with him, and Pastor and I came out here. So when we were on our way, um, our salary hadn't been set yet. They didn't know what they were going to pay us. And they said, well, we don't even have a house for you to rent. They said, there's no houses in Barstow for us to rent for you. And I kept saying, there'll be a house for us by the time we get here. I mean, you know, where's your faith? Good Lord. 
Well, I found out they didn't, there wasn't a whole lot of faith here. That's why we had to bring it. So, <laughs> so I said, there will be a house for us by the time we get here. So as we're driving in the Penske truck, you can flip the switch and show the Penske truck. Oh, it's right there. Cool deal. I don't have a monitor. That's why I have to do this. Because of the construction of the building, there's no monitor. I can't look down there and see that what's up there. So that's why I have to do it like this. Um, so by the time we were driving out here, I don't know, we got to Utah or something, and they called us on the phone. Well, we ha found a house for you to rent. And I said, well, I knew that, you know. So anyway, by the time they, we, we had arrived here, they had a, uh, a Penske truck. I mean, that we had a place to rent. So um, the Lord sent us here. We knew that. But uh, our hearts ache for our children in Indiana. So Pastor would cry one week, and I'd cry the second week, and we both cry the third week, and the fourth week we were okay. And then it'd start all over again. He'd, he'd cry, then I'd cry, then we'd cry, then it'd be okay. So it kind of went on like that. But I want to show a scripture to you, and you don't have it up on the board, which is okay. Uh, but if you've got your Bibles, look at Ma uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Okay. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children, children, mothers and fathers in nursing homes, teenage children's or lands for my sake and the gospel's who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. So see, we are, we're able to stand on Mark 10, 29 and 30 because we left it all. And we came out here and we followed Jesus and we came out here. You know, it took a couple of years, but eventually Annie and Joe at separate times came here to live with us. Annie is now back in Indiana. She's married and has three children, two uh, girls and a girl. We do have girls in our family somewhere, two girls and a boy. <laughs> um, Joe's in the Marine Corps with his wife and three boys, and he lives in Brooklyn, New York. When we got here to this High Desert Word Center, there were about 60 people here. I said about 60 people here. And they didn't show up all at the same time. Hardly anyone tithed. The finances were horrible. Most of the time, we didn't get paid. But we didn't care. We know how to live by faith. Okay, that's why you need to learn to live by faith. In case there's not a paycheck so you can make it, you know what I mean? That comes from faith. So, I mean, you know, we didn't particularly care. But I want to I stop right now, and I want to introduce to you the people that were at High Desert Word Center when we came here. Dennis and Janelle Copey, will you stand up, please? They were not only present in this church, but they were with High Desert Word Center when it was, whatever they called, the name was, <laughs> with Pastor Bill Long when he started this church in 1971 in Newberry Springs. That's how long this, these people, 51 years they've been with this church. Thank you. Um, Chuck Coleman, is Chuck here today? Where's Chuck? Chuck's not here. Chuck Coleman was here. 
Cindy Grow, is she in here or is she teaching somebody? She's teaching. Cindy Grow was here. Robert and Susan Valdez. There's Robert. Susan's there. <laughs> Donna Winston, she was here. She's also teaching in Children's Church this morning. And you know what? She was teaching in Children's Church back then, too, when we came. She's still teaching Children's Church, and so is Cindy Grow. Ray Sanchez over here. He was here when we first came here. Wave at everybody, Ray. He was here. He was here. And I don't think I missed anybody. But anyway, these people were here then. When, when they first uh, showed Pastor and I, when we came out here to the uh, interview and all that stuff, they took us inside this building. And there was a big black wall all the way across. You cut like those walls, only it was big and black. And I walked in here and I went, oh. it was like slapping you in the face to walk in and see a black wall. And I said, oh, that thing's got to go. So by the time we got here for him to preach his first sermon, the black wall was gone, and you could see the, the big building. You could see how it was opened up. The people here, when we were, uh, well, let me show you something else. Um, the Holy Ghost showed me when I was praying one time that High Desert Word Center looked like England bombed during World War II. Have you got that picture? That's what it looked like in the spirit realm. It didn't look like that in the natural realm. You know, the buildings were all here and stuff like that. But in the spirit, the Holy Ghost said, this is what High Desert Word Center looks like. There was nothing there but a foundation. Holy Ghost said, there is a foundation there. You can build on that foundation, but the rest of it's a mess. So there was doctrinal error here when we came here. We would get up and preach the word to them, and they'd look at us like, kind of like, they didn't know what we were talking about. It was supposed to be a word church. The name was and is High Desert Word Center. But they didn't have much of a clue about any of the word, you know. It just, it, it just, it just they, couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. The people were hurt and skittish. Um, pastor started a Tuesday night Bible study over, in, uh, not Bible study, prayer meeting over in Victory. And this lady always came in late and she always left early. And Pastor kept saying, who is that lady? Who is that lady? Why does she always come in late and leave early? Come to find out it was Cindy Grow. And she told us later this. She said, the reason I come in late and leave early is because the people are mean and I don't want to be hurt. Now, what a horrible thing to say about a church. But that's the way it was at High Desert Word Center. It was, it was horrible. And then turn my page. Um, the pastors who had been here, who we replaced, never came to any of the church dinners, I was told. You know, I don't know those people. Um, they never went to any of the, the, the your family functions and things like that. When we came here, we went to the kids' soccer games. We went to birthday parties. Um, we can't do that anymore because there's too many of you. And if we went to all your soccer games and all your birthday parties, uh, it wouldn't. But I do send you birthday cards and anniversary cards, and I send you a balloon, too. Just so you know, I love you, you know, or we love you. Um, the people came in 10 minutes late, irritated the tar out of me. They would come in 10 minutes late. The praise and worship leader would stand there, and he said, well, we have to wait until the people come in. I said, we're not waiting. Church starts at 10. We're starting at 10. From that moment on, High Desert Word Center starts at 10. Amen. Amen. The people left early. They had no respect for altar time. Um, 
And I said, whoa, wait a minute. What if it were you up here that wanted prayer? Don't you want the people to be in agreement with you in prayer about whatever it is you need prayer for? So I changed that. I said, we're not, we're not doing that. The people here didn't know one another. The people, that, the people that were here that, you know, put us in position, blah, blah, blah. I said to one of these ladies one day, I said, well, who's that lady over there? She said, I don't know. I said, well, how long has she been here? She said, about 20 years. I said, 20 years and you don't know her? Well, guess what? We started meet and greet. And we take a good five and ten minutes out of our service every Sunday morning for you to meet and greet one another. Because I don't want you to say, I don't know who that is. I want you to love one another. And that's what we brought in here. We brought love one for another. You, you know, you loving one another. We love you. We loved you. We love you. We continue to love you. But we wanted you to love one another and to know one another. And you do, right? Amen. So that's why it's important when we have meet and greet that you get out of your chair and you go around and you hug somebody or you shake their hand and you make sure that you know them. Amen. Not just your pals that you buddy around with. Also, when we came here, there was no ministry of helps. There was no spirit of excellence here. The ushers are those we had, or they would call people out of the congregation. Um, some of them wore sweats. And that about, you know, I'm a believer that whatever you do for Jesus has to be done in excellence. You have to do your best, your best put, put forward. Excellence, a spirit of excellence. So that about blew me away. I thought, oh, my gosh. So anyway, I said, okay. So I brought with me, I was over Ministry of Helps in Indiana and here for a long time. Um, I brought with me my manuals that I had written, manuals about how to be an usher, how to be a greeter, how to, how to work in the nursery, how to run children's church and work in there, how to, how to be in hospitality, how to do bookstore. I wrote the membership manual. I wrote all that stuff. And I changed it to fit High Desert Word Center. And so I thought in the front of those manuals says, Ministering for the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of excellence. Also, I watched, we watched for people to see who was hungry for the word. Who's hungry for the word? Who's willing to be used by God in whatever he's gifted and called you to do? Who's loyal and faithful to the pastors and to this church here? And we watched. And we noticed those who came three times a week. You come three times a week, you're hungry for the word. And then we started getting their hearts. What's your heart? Leah, what's your heart? Children. Three times a week they came. Brought all their kids three times a week and wherever Lawrence is. Hi, Lawrence. Back there. Three times a week. And some of these other people, Jesse and Desiree, three times a week. And so we started talking to them. You know, so I trained them. I said, okay, your heart's children. Guess what? You're the children's church director. Okay, let's get trained. So I trained her, and I said, now you're not going to use just any old Tom, Dick, and Harry um, curriculum in children's church. We're, we're using word stuff. So we used Willie George. I don't know what we use now because I don't have to mess with you. It's what? It's still Willie George. That's why these little kids can come up to you if you're not feeling well and lay hands on you. And my gosh, the power of God just goes right into you because they're taught the word on their level in children's church. So we did that. And then 
um, we got recruiters worked. Work, you know, we recruited workers. And then the department heads trained them. And then that was pretty cool. So then he established a ministry doing that, see? So I also served as business administrator. I served as business administrator in Indiana, and I served as business administrator out here. Because the finances, because the finances were so bad here, I played, let's make a deal with the electric company every month. I'd have to call them on the phone. We don't have enough money to pay this bill. How about if we divide it into three weeks? And they would always cooperate with me. And I used to have to play, mate, let's make a deal with a gas company. You know, I played, let's make a deal with all kinds of folks so that High Desert Word Center wouldn't go under. I refinanced this mortgage twice. Amen. Also, when we were here, <laughs> the two rooms upstairs, that's a nursery. That's now a four- and five-year-old room. They were full of junk. So I went up there one day. It was a Wednesday night, and there were three teenagers sitting in the junk up here. And I mean junk. There was junk everywhere, watching TV. And I, I thought, you know what? This junk's got to go. But the problem was the junk was a sacred cow to High Desert Word Center. It was all their drama stuff for all the plays they did not have. But children we did have. I said, you're getting that stuff. There's a big closet up there. Put all that in the closet. Clean these, clear these rooms out. We're putting kids up there. Guess what? There's kids up there. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, pastor said the baptismal tank was full of junk, too. Because nobody ever got water baptized. Wasn't anybody here, you know? Oh, my gosh. Wow, thanks for telling me that. Okay, so do you have the ministry art pictures of the, of the children's? I can't even see who's on. Oh, Maylee. Hi, Maylee. I couldn't even, I thought, who's back there? Okay, these are, I, decide, I told everybody, I said, look, children's ministry here stinks. All the rooms are horrible, so we're going to do something about it. So we did all these little skater people up there, and that was over there in that building. And I don't even know if they use those anymore or not, but I dug them up. And then down here at the bottom, those are, uh, that's the cabin room. That's up there. So if you can flip that, is there another picture? Can you go? Okay, so this is the cabin room. See, there's a real cabin up there, so it looks kind of real. It sticks out from the wall, and uh, it's really cool up there. So if you want to go camping or anything, you can bring your sleeping bag, you can get permission, and you can sleep up there, and it's really cool. Now, this p picture down here, bottom left, that's the infant nursery room right here that, that's going to be put back into use really soon. It's not being used right now, infant nursery but that room there is real calm and peaceful. So if you're having a bad day, just go in there and sit there, and you'll get all refreshed. Do you have any more? Is that it? Oh, no, you should have some more. Oh, you didn't show the trains? Oh, I didn't send you trains. That's okay. Anyway, they decided that they wanted this room over here. That was the nursery, and it was a jungle room. And they wanted it changed to the railroad because we live in a railroad town. So I did I did a big old train of Jesus driving the train and waving at everybody. And then there's two little carts of children. And I've got uh, an African-American child, uh, a Hispanic child, an Asian child, and a little red-headed white girl, you know, riding in the carts, you know. So anyway, that was up there. Plus, plus um, over in there, 
I took and put, there's a, there's a general store up there where you put a train station over the top of it, and there's little train people at the top of the stairs telling you whether you're going to go to nursery or whether you're going to go to children's room. So anyway, that's some of the things that, that I did. I even made a new thing for Wednesday night for children. I created Kids Club, and I wrote, and I wrote 13 series, and each one of these series were 9 to 13 weeks long. So I wrote that, I wrote all those, and they started doing that. And then one time, I, uh, I told Leah Desiree, I said, we're going to have a kids' club camp. And I'm going to tell you how to do it, and I'll do the first one. And guess what? You got it after that. So that's kind of my anointing. I establish stuff, train people, turn it over. So that's kind of what I'm doing here today, huh? Okay, turning it over, amen. We also started or restarted Harvest Fest. There were some games around here. The first time we had 200 people, turned it over to Pastor Katie, and we've had like 3,000 or more. And I think you've turned it over to somebody else. Yeah, now she's turned it over. So, you know, she's, she's turned it over. And also, uh, Ministry of Helps, I, tra- I was raising up Desiree to work beside me in Ministry of Helps in all these areas. And then one day the Holy Ghost said, you're done. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And I... And I turn that over to Desiree, so I'm not over Ministry of Helps anymore. But anyway, she's doing a great job. Okay, so we're doing new pictures, more pictures now. So Pastor Dave and Katie came here in May of 2007. Was that your engagement picture? That's their engagement picture. They were probably 18 there. Aren't they adorable? Aw, so cute. But. They left in 2011. Can I tell why? Huh? They left to go back to Indiana in 2007 because they thought they knew more than we do. 2011. Because they thought that they knew more than we do because they went to Rama. And so they went back to Indiana for a few months and got their butts kicked. And then they came back in March of, <laughs> came back in March of 2012. So thanks for coming back. Hallelujah. Woo. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not always a bed of roses, folks. So Pastor Josh and Julie, da 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 da, came here in June of 2013. Aren't they just adorable? <laughs> I thought you'd like the old pictures. And Joe and Portia, his wife, are coming in this time next year. So there they are. They're all so adorable. I just sit here and look at them all day long. Okay, so um, Joe, as I said, is in the Marines. He's getting out of the Marines. He wanted to be a career Marine, and he said, no, i got to come back and work with my family in the church. So we're really excited about that. He goes to, they go to a Dr. Barclay church in White Plains, New York, which is uh, an hour away from where they are. You have to go right through Manhattan to get to this place. And uh, it's a beautiful church up there. Uh, Ray Bench is on the board of this church that they go to. Um, Joe has three years of SMTI, you know, our Bible college. And also he went to Dr. Barclay's internship program. And Dr. Barclay told me that Joe, he's never had a student like Joe that Joe scored higher than anybody he's ever had. So Joe's his buddy, you know, so he still calls Joe. So I really like that. 
So, hallelujah. So, um, High Desert Word Center is the first time we had ever taken over an existing church. It took a different kind of anointing. It took a different kind of, of grace. Um, the Lord had to do some pruning here because all, all the mess that was here. You know, sometimes you have to weed your garden. And we didn't run anybody off, but the Holy Ghost led people out, which was wonderful. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know the old cowboys, the old western song, Thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. Well, we had some folks that weren't conducive, didn't, didn't jive with the word that we taught. And they were, you know, rubbing against what we were trying to accomplish here, what the Lord sent us here to do. So the Lord pruned people out of here, and that's fine. You know, that's good. But when God does that, he makes a way for you to come in. All you folks who are hungry for the word of God, he makes a way for you to come in. And then you come in, and then you, then you get to go with the flow. We're in unity. You understand what I'm saying? We're in unity where at first we weren't in unity here. So um, then we could build on that foundation of that blown-up building, you know, that I showed you a while ago. We could build on that foundation spiritually. So we're excited about that. So Pastor and I are so sold out that we would never, ever turn the church over to these two or anybody else if we didn't know that we know that we know that we know that God has called them equipped them, gifted them, just because they're our children, that doesn't make any difference. Because if they weren't called and gifted, if they're our children, we wouldn't put them in position. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus first with us. We proved that when we left our kids in Indiana and came out here, right? So um, I want you to know that uh, it's time to do all this officially that's what we're going to be doing in a, in a minute. Um, it was always my heart to get the mortgage paid off. And the mortgage is getting paid off this month. <laughs> High Desert Word Center, debt-free, owing no man anything but to love them. Amen. So I'm super excited about that. But I want to tell you something else that I've always had a heart and a vision for is uh, to establish a children's wing at High Desert Word Center. We badly need a building, a wing, maybe going that way for children. We've got children stuffed in every single crevice and crack you can think of. And with all these thousands of new people coming into Barstow, we need a children's wing. So... I'm going to put my money where my mouth and my heart is. I'm sewing $500 today into the new High Desert Children's Wing. I'm always trying to give him a mic, and he's always got his own. Did I get a kiss? <laughs> Good job. Good job, Mrs. P. Oh, glory to God. That is some history, isn't it? Uh, I, I, I think about how, how fast a lifetime goes. 30 years ago, November the 1st, we held our first service as pastors. That's one month from now, but it's been 30 years as pastors. 
Now we're going to be oversight. Right? Amen. Amen. Praise God, things have changed. Uh, as she said, the time we pioneered our church, and we weren't from there. God sent us there. We didn't know anybody there. And so we had that first service, and we had a little uh, cassette player. And I laid it beside me, and I turned on some music, and I started singing. <laughs> you think that didn't take faith. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, that we always say that what the Bible says, that his mercy endures forever. Well, during that service, one of the families came in was the, was the mother. She was like probably, I thought she was old because I didn't know what old was then. I still don't know yet, but I'm getting closer. But she was about 60 years old, and her son and his wife and five little children came in, and I got done singing, and she said, hey, hey, my son, my son's a music minister. My son's a worship leader. My son, we didn't know anybody. Well, anyway, turned out that's what he did, and he was the best we've ever seen until Josh came along. But anyway, I'm just telling you how good God is. We showed up, people that tithe showed up already, that very first service, and the music minister showed up. All in one service. That's how good God is. He does things. But anyway, that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, November the 1st. Look how this time works. I just, I just thought about that. Now, here it is almost 30 years later, and we're going to a new phase. My kids are going to a new phase because they were, they were the ones that got to be in the little second room at the... Uh, we read the YMCA because they were little, but things changed. But I, I think about Dr. Lester Summerall. How many have ever heard Dr. Lester Summerall? Maybe some of you have. Well, he was, he was a great influence in my life in my early years as a Christian, as a minister back in Indiana. He's with the Lord now, but he used to say something all the time. And, you know, when you're a really young guy, you know everything. You haven't been beat up enough yet, so you find out what you don't know, you know, like the old thing that, uh, what happened to you? Well, I thought she said stand up, and she said shut up. So when I stood up, she hit me. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you, when you know everything like that, you don't really, you hear things, but you don't realize how good they are. But Dr. Summerall said for a long time, talking to ministers and things, he said success without a successor is not success. What you think about that? Any any area of life, a business, a ministry, success without a successor is not success. And so then he he groomed his kids to hand off the ministry when he went to heaven. And we're not going to heaven right away. We're going to stay around for a while. But I, I've always thought about that. And then as I pastored over the years, uh, if any of you've been Christians very long, you've probably seen the pattern. There's a lot of people they start getting older and they don't want to let loose. I know there's church in this area that I that I visited, and the Sunday school the Sunday school leaders are in their 80s, but nobody's in Sunday school but them. And you see pastors that they control everything and they do nothing, and then when uh, the people get to do nothing, so then when the pastors get older and they're out of it, that's the end of their church. They might have had a great work going at one point in time, but because they didn't prepare for the future, there's nothing there except a building. And so years and years ago. When I saw those things happen, I think about Dr. Summerall, about success without a successor is not success. And how do I find how do I define success for a church? Success for a church to me is when people are being born again. You got people getting saved. Whether they're young people or at our church, we've had a lot of middle-aged people come in and get born again in this church as older people that they're babes in. And so to me, success is to do what Jesus said in Matthew 28. He said, preach the gospel and make disciples. And so 
that's success. What I see from the Bible for a church is people getting saved, people getting discipled, people serving, and growing the kingdom of God. You know, it's not about numbers, how big a church you can have, but if a church isn't growing, then there's something wrong there. There must not be a New Testament church, because Jesus said a New Testament church was made. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we don't have a goal to be the biggest church in town, but I do have one goal. I'm going to stand in front of Jesus when I take the last breath. I don't want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'll say, well, you're done. Amen. And so my, 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 my young people at our church, you know, I talk to different uh, pastors, different people. Sometimes we meet them like that. And I say, well, our church has got a whole lot more young people than old people. Matter of fact, a few years ago, I had a man come here. He was in his 80s, and I wanted to, I wanted to meet him, took him out to dinner. And he'd been coming for a couple months. He said, Pastor, said, uh, I've been looking around, said, where, 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 where's your seniors ministry? And I said, you're having breakfast with him. No, that's a true story. That's a true story. I said, my wife and I are about the oldest people in the church, and we're together now. Let's have breakfast. We'll have seniors meetings. Amen. And so to me, I, I, I go to the churches, and God loves old people. He loves young people. But the whole fact of the matter is, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We've got to get people saved. And so that's what we're striving to do. Now, now as we're growing older and getting more older people, I guess we can have a seniors group if we wanted to now. But the main thing is, uh, I want to see this church keep on growing. And I know that as I'm getting older, I'm not able to run and do things I used to. Especially on the inside, I'm running and jumping. But on the outside, I'm not jumping like I used to. And so we met with Dr. Dr. Barclay in Gatlinburg about a half a dozen years ago. We were at a Dr. Barclay pastor summit down there. And we met with Dr. Barclay, and I told Dr. Barclay what I'm saying now. I said, Dr. Barclay, I said, as we're getting older, I said, I want to make sure our church keeps growing. And I said, what do you think about us beginning to transition now to my children taking over the church? He said, this is a good time to start, start grooming, start training. And so those of you who have been here, you've noticed the last several years that more and more and more and more, these guys have been running the church. Josh and Julie, Pastor Josh and Julie, been running the church and doing things. And then I got hit with cancer uh, back in 2017, 2018. I, was knocked, I got knocked on my can for about a year. I'm so grateful I've already been grooming them. They were able to keep it going. And then when COVID things hit, Pastor Dave, uh, I guess he got, he, got the, he got the faith that I still have, but he's the one to hear from God about what to do. And then he kept the church open. He kept things going. And then I kind of had in me just kind of, kind of, uh, I, I kind of had in me kind of little man syndrome, I guess, because he wanted to keep it on the Internet. He wanted to have the services on the Internet. I said, well, Pastor Dave, I said, you're running it now. I said, if that's what you think, go for it. I'll back you up. But I said, that's your faith, not mine. If you think you want to do that, if that's what God's telling you to do, keep on doing it. Obviously, it was right. And it was real. So they walked, said, they walked in that as, as pastors. But uh, over, over the last uh, 40 years of ministry, I've just seen time and time again the rise and falls of, of, of great churches. And this church is going to be a great church because Jesus said he that's least of the kingdom of God is greatest. Greater than John the Baptist or anybody else. So we want to see a lot of great ones here. And who was Jesus talking about? Those of the kingdom of God, Christians, born again. John the Baptist wasn't born again. 
He couldn't be because Jesus hadn't risen from the dead yet. But Jesus said, he that's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist even. And so praise God for the new birth. We're going to keep that going. And so Mrs. Pastor did a great job with presenting our history, didn't she? That was really good. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, I just want to get really good. I, I, I talked to people at different times. I'm, I'm not getting any money for those. I got, I'm going to stay on track. But Mrs. Pastor and I got married back in 1982 with one goal. We're going to be in the ministry for Jesus together. We're in unity. Our goal is Jesus first. And then after two or three years of marriage, I looked up one day, I saw she looked like, I said, wow, she's good looking. Hey, man, that's not a joke. That's for real. We got married. We got married for serving Jesus. And I want to tell you, your life, if your marriage is having problems, then commit your lives to Jesus, not just as Savior, but as Lord. Hey, man, get on, get on that page. So we've prayed them for a lot of years, and Josh and Julie. And I want to look at God's word about what's going on today, because I know we are a word church. And, and that I've, I've, I've always, 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 since I was a new Christian, when I've been around churches, and people just did things, I had no idea what was going on. Then when I see in the Bible what was going on, that I could have faith to cooperate. And so I'm going to build a little faith into you this transition day so you see how real this is. This is not a natural thing at all. You know, it's in the, we're in this natural world, but we are spiritual beings. And like uh, Pastor Katie said a while ago, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. Well, you need to see this take place, but the spirit there's going to be things take place today that will change you even. And so I want you to look at Acts chapter 12, verse 25. And I want to make sure these verses are on the screen. So, Mrs. Pastor, since we don't have the monitor up there, let me know, are we on the screen? We're on the screen. Okay. Acts chapter 12, verse 25. And I want you to notice what it says here. It says, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. And look at this. Before, before I matured in the Lord in ministry, I didn't know what this meant, but now I do. It says, when they had fulfilled their ministry, when they had fulfilled their ministry, they took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So Barnabas and Saul, it says they fulfilled their ministry. Well, it looked to me like, like Saul, who later was Paul, hadn't even got started yet. Said so he fulfilled his ministry. And so, get a hold of this. God, God has always called and gifted men and women to go through different phases of ministry during their lifetime. There's phases of ministry. At one point in time, I was a baby pastor. At that point in time, I could pastor a few people in the YMCA. And then I matured where God could trust me to have a building. And then we had a TV ministry. And then we got into world missions and went to a lot of places, did a lot of things, but we went through phases. We grew, and then God could trust me to send me to California to a place that had great potential. You know, we think about what God's blessed this church with here. I don't, you know, I, I, because we're in the ministry, I don't know how much people really know about churches in California, but I don't have a pastor friend in California that Harley's has, has any place they could get because it's not available to them except a little, little place with no parking and pay huge, huge, huge amounts for rent every month because they can't get buildings. But God blessed us. We have 13 acres here. We have these buildings, much room for growth. And now it wouldn't surprise me a bit 
if what's happening at Barstow right now is because this church is ready. Amen. Now, I just want to tell you, you're not in just a regular nice little Sunday school. This is a world, world shaking, worldwide, helping in the end times harvest for Jesus to happen. And so wherever you are, uh, you know, I think about this thing about, you know, snakes shed their skin so they can grow again. Well, we're not snakes, but shed your skin and get ready to grow again because God's going to use us all. And so, and so uh, God has always, God has always begin people in the ministry at the level they are, but then they go through a phase. And so it says that they fulfilled their ministry there. And so uh, Pastor and I, Janice and I went through so many different phases of ministry since the early 80s. And I think about Psalms 37, 25. Uh, David said, I've been young, now I'm old. And so we've been young, now we're older. I wouldn't call us old yet. We're on the way, but we are older and we're wiser. And so we're going through a phase now to a transition to be oversight pastors, to watch the whole work and whatever else God has us do, we'll be glad to do it. But we're just available now with the wisdom of God, the experience we've got to keep on doing what we've done in the last few years, watch it over their shoulders to make sure things are going right. And, uh, you know, there's just the, just the way my style is, the way God's, God's going to be wired, I've never been a dictator. There have been so many things the directors, these guys wasn't going to things they want to do. And I thought, man, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do it that way. But I tell Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie, I said, well, if that's, if that's the direction you're going, then uh, go with it. And I listen with my heart. And I always have to the Spirit of God in me because I know uh, what, they've, what they're doing is the way God's showing them. I don't know a lot of the modern things going on, technology. I got my smart aleck phone. I call it a smart aleck phone because it changes what I say. I got a watch, but I can send out a text because it changes what I said. I say, you smart, Ellie. And I have to go back and correct it to get it right. But these guys can do things that we weren't able to do, but we're the ones that raised them spiritually. We're the ones that they watched us for role models, what to do. And so we're, we're heading in a good direction. And so uh, we, we've trained them for a lot of years. And Pastor David and Katie have fulfilled this phase. And, you know, we don't want to call it apprenticeship, but maybe it was in God's eyes. You know, maybe this was, in his eyes, maybe this was a probationary period because the Bible talks about you got to be proved faithful. And what happens when you get a job at Santa Fe or so many other places, you got a probationary period. you got to prove faithful for they can promote you and make you an employee. And so these guys have proved faithful, just as Barnabas and Saul proved faithful in that phase of ministry. And so... And so now I want to look at chapter 13, verse 1 and verse 2. And so they fulfilled their ministry. They were faithful. And so now here you have a group of seasoned ministers gathered together for praying. And so there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius and Cyrene and Megan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrich and Saul. Now look at this verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Who said? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said. When you read the book of Acts, you're going to have a whole lot of the Holy Ghost led, Holy Ghost said, and the Holy Ghost prompted, the Holy Ghost gave them visions. The Holy Ghost 
is the same today as it was the book of Acts. The Holy Ghost is the same today as it was in all the epistles. The Holy Ghost is God's voice on the earth. The Holy Ghost is Jesus' representative on the earth to lead and guide the church. And so the Holy Ghost said, look at this, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereto I've called them. And so the Holy Ghost orchestrates phases of ministry for those he calls and what he calls them to do. And so they complete the phase in Acts chapter 12, and now in Acts chapter 13, he says, now separate them for the next phase. Can you see that? See, I want you to see what goes on to have your faith build up how God does things because we do our best to follow the Holy Ghost and hear what he says in line with the word of God. And so now look at verse 3 and verse 4. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, these seasoned ministers laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul now, laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now look at verse 4. So they've been sent forth by who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one that does the calling, the separating, and the sending, but he uses men to speak it out. They spoke it out, said the Holy Ghost said. And then the men laid anointed hands on these guys, and then they were sent to do what God called them to do by the Holy Ghost. So God's way is for elders of the church to lay hands on those he gifts and calls in different phases of ministry, set them in that ministry office. That's why today is not just a natural thing. Today, right now, in heaven, and, you know, I just, I don't know what your relationship is with the Father, but I know what's going on today. The Father moved on me several months ago to get these guys up in front to lay hands on them. It's time, it's time, it's time, and time. And I've got to say that uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie are such wonderful children to us. Now I'm not going to cry. Are such wonderful children to us, so respectable and so honorable. I had to kick them out of the boat to walk on water years ago to start taking over some pastor stuff. They didn't want to because they didn't want to hurt us. And I thought, this is yours, Dad. This is yours, Mom. We can't do this. And I let them know the Holy Ghost wants you to do this. He wants you to. And so as things took place over the last few years, Mrs. Pastor that same crime we did when we come back from Indiana where our kids were there, we were here. How I cried a week, she cried a week, we cried together, then we had a break, and then we started that cycle over again the next month. That's how we went about transporting, transferring this ministry. She did a bunch of crying for a couple years over this whole thing, things that were going on. That didn't really start hitting me hard till about a year ago. Then all of a sudden I started realizing, wait a minute, ministry's always been our baby. And that's what she talked about, you're our babies. And so it hurts all of a sudden when you think you're giving up your baby. Well, we're not giving up our babies. Our babies are growing in the Lord so you can have more babies. My pastor always said when I was growing up in, in, in church, he said sheep begat sheep. Shepherds oversee the flock, but sheep begat sheep. And so our babies are out there working their jobs, neighborhoods, families, having more babies because you're preaching the gospel and loving people. And so as we're turning this over to our babies, who aren't babies anymore, then we're doing what the Holy Ghost said to do. They've been raised up to equip you now for victorious Christian living, and now we're assisting them instead of them assisting us. Amen. And so, and so our barbs and Saul, 
excuse me, fulfill one phase of ministry that the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie, for the work I've called them to. And so they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. And so this is a very solemn and holy event taking place in the eyes of heaven. The Father in heaven and Jesus at his right hand are watching this, and they're saying, well done, thou good and faithful servants. I got my seal of approval on this. We're going to the next phase now. Now look at chapter 20, verse 28. How many do love the Word of God? Amen. It's, it's, so, it, it's so wonderful to already have the outline written in the Bible how to do things God wants done. And you know, it's like <clears throat> Ray Bitch, Reverend Ray Bitch said in that video up there a while ago, you build everything according to the pattern. And the pattern for the church is right here, the way God does things. So Acts 20, verse 28, and this, this was a pastor's conference that Paul was leading. And Paul said to the pastors, take heed therefore unto yourselves. In other words, first of all, you be a strong Christian yourself. You read your Bible, you pray, you live right, you live clean. Take heed to yourself and then to all the flock. Now look at this. This is what I want you to see. To all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. The Holy Ghost made Mrs. Pastor and I overseers of this church back in 2005. And now we're to a new phase. Pastor Bernie and Pastor Janice are not saying, I want our kids to have this church. The Holy Ghost said, I want to make them overseers now. Can you see what I'm saying? Don't think this is, don't think this is a seniority thing. Or it's a family thing, because it is a family thing, the family of God thing. And he's the Father, and Jesus is the Lord, and the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. It says, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. At every time, for the last 30, 40 years, when I think about the ministry God called me to, when I read that verse there, which he's purchased with his own blood, I about tremble because I think you can't be mean to God's people. You can't be a dictator to God's people. He says you feed them, you lead them, you guide them, you love them, you help them because he purchased them with his own blood. And so that, that's very serious. I want you to see that. And so the Holy Ghost is the one who chooses who he wants to oversee and be the pastor of his flock. Mrs. Pastor and I didn't choose. All we're doing, what we've done all of our Christian life, we spend time praying, we spend time worshiping Jesus, and in our hearts when he knows what to do, we do it. That's how our church started on November 1st in Indiana. That's how we left Indiana and came to California. That's how we're making this transition today is because the Holy Ghost in our hearts told us this is the right thing. Amen. And then besides that, besides that, I have a very wise pastor, Dr. Mark T. Barclay, and we stay, we stay, we stay in communication with our pastor to make sure we're not missing God with things we do, and this is a good thing. Somebody give the Lord a hand. This is a real good thing today. And I want to quickly look at some New Testament qualifications for pastoral ministry for Pastor Dave and Katie. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. I just want to look at this because God's the one has qualifications. I was talking to somebody the other day about changing jobs and things we're doing like that. 
and they qualified for everything that was on that thing they wanted to qualify for, so they got a really good promotion and got their job. And so this is how God promotes, because you qualify. And so 1 Timothy chapter 3, this is qualifications for ministry. Verse 1, this is the truth, saith any man desire the office of a bishop. Well, bishop, there's a lot of different flavors come out of that, but shepherd is part of that. Pastor is part of that. Then it says he desires a good work. A bishop, a pastor, must be blameless, the husband of one wife. And let, let me tell you something there, how modern, modern denominations of religion have boogered that up. They say something they didn't say. Back at that point in time, people have more than one wife still. And so God said, if you're going to be a pastor, you just can be married one, one at a time. In modern times, some people went through some bad times of life where they got a divorce, but they got the call of God over their life. They say, you can't be a pastor because you've been divorced. Well, God didn't say that. He said, husband of one wife. And so I've got one wife. I qualify. Pastor Dave's got one wife. He qualifies. Can you see what I'm saying? Amen. And so the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Could Pastor Dave and Katie qualify for those things? They do those things. Not given to wine, no striker. That means not a fighter, wanting to fight everybody. Not greedy, not greedy, a filthy lucre. Patient, not a brawler, not covetousness. Would you say they qualify for those things? That's how they live. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Would you say that their children reverence God? And, you know, their children are like our children. We raise them. Man, our kids are kids. Man, sometimes kids need some correction and training, but the main thing is we bring up our kids right where they're not rebels. And so they qualify. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall I take care of the church of God? Not a novice, that means not a, not a new baby, not a new Christian. Let's be lifted up with pride, he falls to the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, now listen to this right here. This is really important, especially in the area we live in now. He must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall to reproach and the snare of the devil. That means the people of the community got, need to respect the pastor. That means the pastor can't be a goofball. Amen. Can't be so entwined in politics that that's all they do is politics. Amen. Got to be somebody that they know the number one thing is to preach Jesus Christ. The number one thing is to love people and help people and point them towards heaven. And so they have that good report of the outside. But I want you to look at verse 10. Now verse 10 is given qualifications for deacons, but I like what Brother Hagin said. It says, first of all, in verse 10, and let these also first be proved. First be proved. But Brother Hagin always said, it doesn't say that in the pastor's part, but if God wants deacons to pass the test, first of all, then prove the pastors too. Let them first be proved. In other words, have a good track record that they're able to walk faithful in that calling. And so David and Katie have for many years been proved. They're faithful to the calling. They did have to make a little trip back to Indiana to get reschooled, but they came back pretty quick, and they learned to listen well. At 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, lay had suddenly or hastily on no man. And so uh, this, this is not a sudden thing. Pastor David and Katie have proven themselves faithful. 
did a lot of years of prayer and training for this. So this is just happened. We decided two weeks ago we're going to put them in pastor. This is something that's been going on for a while. 2 Timothy 1.6. And you need, you need to see these things. We know these things, but you need to see them too. 2 Timothy 1.6. Paul had obeyed God and sent Timothy into the pastor of the church at Ephesus. I said, now he's talking to him as he's already pastoring. He said, wherefore I put them in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And so Paul said, I laid hands on you when I ordained you. And I laid hands on you, that gift of pastoring and teaching the things in you or in you, and they imparted to you when I laid hands on you. He said, you have to stir them up. Last verse I want to look at is Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. And this is the Old Testament. See, Jesus Christ is the same Old Testament, today, New Testament, and forever. Things always work the same. And so, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9, and this is, this is Joshua going through a new phase of ministry. Moses went through his phases, and then he's old, 120 years old, getting ready to go to heaven. And now Joshua has been Moses' right-hand minister for years. And so that's just like us. And so Joshua getting ready to take over for Moses. And so it says in verse 9, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses has laid his hands upon him. Just like Paul laid hands on Timothy, and the minister laid hands on Barnabas and Saul in Acts chapter 13. Moses had done that in the Old Testament to Joshua. And then it says, And the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And so there's divine impartations that take place through laid out of hands, when setting men and women of God into office by the Holy Ghost. And so this is God's way of passing the spiritual baton, is through laying out of hands. So we're going to do that in just a moment. But I'm honored to have my pastor, Dr. Barclay, speak some words to us before we call them up here. And when Dr. Barclay sent this to me, I already had all this written out. And so there's a lot of things Dr. Barclay says on here. I just said, but I had written down first. I wasn't saying it because he did it. He said it by the Holy Ghost. And we already had the same thing. So let's listen to Dr. Barclay. And then we're going to lay hands on Pastor Dave and Katie. Praise God, everybody. Doc Barclay here. Sure is good to be friends, isn't it? And uh, Pastor Bernie Janice, we've been friends for so long. And uh, the kids, my kids, your kids, uh, our churches, our ministries, it's a wonderful thing. And I thank God for our, our longtime friendship. And I'm very glad to be part of a High Desert Word Center. Thank God for every one of you. Your work is extraordinary. And, uh, and I mean that. And we're very grateful to be partners and friends. You have done a great job, church, a really good job. And uh, David and Katie, you know, you've just been doing it, and you're doing it right. And you're submitted, and you're sweet, and you follow orders. And here you are now inheriting the actual positional authority, the permission to function like never before. 
And uh, it is a pleasure to be part of this. And I know that your parents, which is also your pastors, and I'm their pastor. So you're getting double authority in on this, and so is the church family, to watch God make this transition. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It's supposed to be this way. And then to keep working together, wow, what a great thing. And I declare that you're going to have so much liberty, freedom to function, the authority in that pastorate more than you've ever known before, as the Lord transfers the mantle over to you to be the senior pastor and to have and hold that position. Katie's saying it's true for you. It's going to come upon you. And even though you've been toiling and laboring and doing everything involved in this according to the book, and you have, I'm a witness to that myself. But now you function under like your own canopy. I know, I know you'll still be submitted. That's how you are. That's why you're so valuable. That's why God's promoting you. And, and I know uh, your parents are going to be there. Uh, Pastor Bernie Church, Church, Pastor Bernie, uh, Janice are going to be with you. They're going to be, you know, overseeing. They're just, they're just making this transition. So is heaven. That's the cool part about this. The devil's even repositioning, saying, oh, man, it's finally this authority, authority thing has come upon them. So all the way around, in heaven, earth, and under the earth, this is now being established once and for all, and thank God for it. In Acts 13, it talks about this. As they were ministering on the Lord, that's what you all have been doing as a church, fasting and praying, you do that, fasting uh, and prayer, and, and many times through the years uh, as a church, not just individual. The Holy Spirit said, so this doesn't happen. I like to say this. This doesn't happen because, Pastor Bernie, you're the old guy, and David, you're the young guy, and you're the son, and he's the dad. No, 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 no. This is not a hardware store where dad's leaving it to his son. You have earned your way, and you have proven yourself to God, and it's God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, who said, it is now time. According to the book, it is now time for this to take place. Praise God. And so thank you for being faithful. And thank you, church, for understanding and serving together. Our greatest day is yet to come. Wait and see. Amen. So when they lay hands, they anoint with oil. And uh, may I speak this word over you, that in the name of Jesus, you're going to, again, I said it before, the greatest liberty to function the greatest anointing to care for God's people, and the greatest authority to be able to rule in that whole region. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm proud of you. Dave and Katie, would you come up? Yeah, hallelujah. Well, congregation, if you'd please stand. And use your faith with us. We see from the Word of God, that's why I wanted to build a faith thing. You have to have your faith with us. See from the Word of God why we're doing what we're doing and how we're doing it. And uh, I want to thank you for being patient this morning. We're staying longer than we normally do, but this doesn't happen every Sunday. This, this is a very, very, very special time. And I know as you get older, if somebody has to eat for medicine's sake or have to take medicine, we don't, you know, nothing wrong if you got to leave or go out and do medicine or whatever you've got to do. But if you're young enough, and healthy enough to endure.
let's see this thing through to the very end. And, uh, you know, I just think about what's happened. As Dr. Barclay said, the spiritual arena, not only is heaven excited, but hell's trembling. Because they see that this is staying fresh, reinvigorated, fresh anointing, fresh grace, fresh ministry, and the devil doesn't like it. But ha, 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 devil, you're under our feet. Amen. So would somebody take this out of the way, please? Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Pastor David, can you come up here, please? Well, extend your hands this way, and if you pray in the Spirit, then pray in the Spirit with us, and just have your faith with us, as this impartation has taken place, that every good thing in Mom and I, that they need from heaven will flow through us in them now, just as Paul laid hands on Timothy, Moses on Joshua, it says that Joshua had what Moses had, and the people submitted to Joshua as they did to Moses because they saw that spirit. Amen. Amen, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we anoint our son and our daughter for this office. Lord, and like we've already talked about so much this morning already, this is not because they're our children by birth. It's because they're your children. You've called them to this. And so we agree with you, Holy Ghost, for this work that you've called them to. They fulfilled their ministry at this past phase. They're coming into this new phase. We release the grace of God, the gifts of God. We release the anointing of God. And Lord, everything that they need that you want to flow through us now, we release impartations. We release impartations. Lord, we release impartations, impartations, impartations of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Ghost. You'll be a different man from this moment forward. You'll be, be a different woman from this point forward. People will see it. They'll ask you, what's changed? Something's different. It's Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It's a higher level. It's a higher level. It's another time. It's a new phase. It's a new phase. The Spirit is seeing and knowing. The Spirit is seeing and knowing will begin to operate through both of you as you've never known possible. You'll see things and you'll know things before they happen like never before. You know when people are going to call you. You know when things are going to pop up. You're just going to know them, and you'll be able to say, yes, 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 I've already taken care of that. That's already done. That's already done. I knew it. Father, I just want to thank you for this overseer's grace now, this overseer's grace in great manifestation. We release them. We release them in this senior pastorate, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I want to thank you. This church is going to grow and going to go like never before. And everything, everything that started off through Pastor Bill Long 51 years ago, you had planned for this congregation, Lord, is going to keep on growing and going and follow your vision for having great, great, great authority in this region, in this territory, and around the world. Fulfill your heart, your purpose. Thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord.
Holy Ghost showed me that we are to lay hands on Pastor Josh and his wife, beautiful wife, Julie. She's busy with five little boys, and we all know how awesome that is. And she's doing what God's called her to do right now. And this season of her life is to raise those little folks for the Lord. But Pastor, Pastor Kate, Katie, Pastor David, especially, and we'll just lay, we'll lay hands on you, and you lay hands on them as a couple for new impartation into Josh, where the Lord's taken this church in the music ministry. So if you'd come up here. with oil here too. Thank you everybody for being with us today and sticking with us. Amen. All right. Father in Jesus name, Lord, we thank you for Josh and Julie and and Lord the the call on their lives, Lord, how they've answered that call and stepped up to the plate, Lord, and we we all recognize that it hasn't always been easy, especially five bouncing boys <laughs> on their hands, Lord, but what a blessing that is. And Lord, we pray that in this season, as you're doing a lot of new things, Lord, in our church, in our community, and everything else, Jesus, that uh, there's, a, there's a new and a fresh grace and anointing on their lives also. And there are fresh impartations and revelations, Lord, and, uh, and uh, a, a new spirit of praise and worship even, Lord, upon them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for uh, the creativity and the gifts just uh, rising even more to the top than ever before. And, Lord, we thank you that as we move forward as a church, in Jesus' name, Lord, that our, our worship, our times of praise, our times of worship are just going to the next level right now, Jesus. And, Lord, we know it's, it's not just because we want good sound and music. No, we, we want to get into the presence of God, and we want to worship you like you deserve to be worshiped, Father. We love you, and we thank you for your grace and your help and your favor during this time, uh, raising these boys. In Jesus' name, thank you for the help and the patience and the grace that it takes to successfully do that. And we declare that all five of those boys and every other child in this church they are growing up to serve you all the days of their lives. They will never turn away. They will never know some of the hardships and, and things that, that the parents have known throughout their lives, Lord. But they're going to do better and live for you forever, Lord. We thank you that this is a new, fresh season. And we give you the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. adorable isn't he adorable okay we now present to you pastor and i do pastors david and katie we're going to take our picture <laughs> all right praise the lord well, man, what a day that we've had, and uh, I really appreciate everybody sticking with us here. We're going to take communion here in just a minute, because, well, for one, it's our first Sunday of the month, and hey, that's what we do, but also, uh, it's our first time to kind of do that in this new phase together.